0: Welcome back. Home with Havila listeners. We're so glad you're here for another week. This week is part three of our Nurturing Powerhouse series. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back two weeks and start there with part one. Havila has been sharing this powerful word all about the nurturing power of women and she is finishing up that today and she's talking about how women have a unique gift to connect People, to their identity in Christ. So tune in again. Make sure you go back and listen to the first two if you haven't, and I will see you at the end.
1: So Deborah and Barak gathered. I don't know why that saying is stuck in my head. I always say you give each child a fourth of your brain, so I'm lucky to be using sentences. Uh, Deborah and Barak gathered an army, and then, listen, this is important. He says, if you go with me, I'll go. If you don't go, I won't go. What he was inviting her was a five-mile walk. Historically, they would have walked five miles. And so I could see to her saying, you know, I'm not gonna go unless you go. And she goes, get my Nikes, we're going. And she grabs her stuff and she's like, I'm gonna walk with you. And she walks with him for five miles. She walks with them. She's like, no problem. You don't believe the word of the Lord? You don't have the courage to do it? No problem. I'll be, I'll be at your side, and I'll remind you over and over and over who you're called to be, what I see in you, what God sees in you, and I will be a vessel of the prophetic voice over your life. And I could just imagine what the journey was like. I love this. You know, she, many of us, I don't think that they were just walking in silence. Like, we're just gonna pray in the spirit quietly. We're gonna soak for five hours. Like, no, no, it shouldn't take five hours to walk five miles. But you know what I'm saying? I think, but I imagine. You see, Barak's name in Hebrew meant lightning. When he was born, he was named. And in biblical times, names had Meaning. It had a supernatural and sovereign meaning over his life. So God saw Barack as a lightning man, a man that brought light, that came in, that shattered the darkness. He saw him as that, but Barack was not was not living like that. And so Deborah walks with him, and I could just imagine as they're walking, she is reminding, Barack. Did God call you? Has he not spoken? He called you. You can do this. You're a history maker. You can. You were made for war. You were made to win. God is on our side. You can do this. And I could imagine that for five miles, every mile, she is preaching at him the call and the, the, the call of God that's on his life, the vision of heaven for him. She's reminding him. She's not saying, forget it. I'll fight. No problem. Why don't you go hang out with your mom? I'll take the battle. Like she is... She is saying, listen, I'm not anointed to fight that battle, but I'm anointed to walk with you and remind you that you can. That is the power of a man and a woman. It doesn't mean that women don't fight battles. It doesn't mean that men sometimes are the encourager, but I'm talking about that women have a lot more words than men often, statistically. And I think instead of using our words for criticism, we use them for connection. I think we see the power of our words. Deborah walking with Barack and go, Barack and saying, you idiot. Come on, get it together. Come on. You can do this. I, I knew this was going to happen. You should have. You could have. She's not taking him down the avenue of fear and anxiety and, you know, trying to get him to suck it up and be. She's speaking to him and she's connecting him and she's saying she's not holding it against him. She creates connection over criticism. Here's the coolest part is that in Hebrews chapter 11, Barack is in the hall of faith. So even in the midst of this man not rising the occasion, being afraid, telling him that he needs this leader to go with him, she said, "He, he, she knows, Barack. It's not over. Your story isn't over." There's more. I see who you were made to be. I see what I've put in you. You don't have to give up. You don't have to shrink back. You don't have to hide. I know your response initially looks like failure. It looks like you can't do it. It looks like you aren't created to do this. But I'm telling you, we're going to do this. I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk. I can do two things really well and I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk. And I can either criticize or I can actually connect. And I'm going to connect you to the story of God. I'm going to connect you to your identity in Christ. I'm going to connect you to what God is doing on the earth. I'm using my voice as a weapon against the gates of hell, and I'm writing truth over your life. You see, when women live in their identity in Christ, we connect. We connect each other. We connect others to the story of Christ, to healing, to connection, to transformation to who you're called to be on the earth. We remind you, but when we are not, we use our words for criticism and critique and we walk through those doors and create worlds of criticism. You know, some of us, we don't know why those around us aren't empowered when all they do is get criticism from you. You want your kids to live powerful lives? Then you can't nag them every single day, all day long about what they're not doing right you want your husband to be a powerful man, then you can't belittle him and critique him and condemn him and then ask him to leave. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm saying this not as somebody who's never dealt with it, but as saying as somebody who is very good at criticizing. I have a gift. I'm a woman. I am very good at criticizing. And I think that God has really spoken to me over the years that I can't build, I can't tear down and build up at the same time. So I've got to choose what I'm going to do. Am I going to build up? And for some of us, we don't think that there's any power in what we're saying because we don't lead it. Well, you know, I talk about my church. I'm critical. It doesn't really matter. It does matter. Everything you say builds worlds around it. And it confirms Or it debunks what God is saying, and it's very, very important. So Deborah creates connection over criticism. And then verse nine, she replies, Certainly I will go with you, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Now, I'm not, I'm not reading this verse to highlight that the woman is the wins the wins the battle, because ultimately, Barack won the battle because he did what God called him to do. And let me tell you, when he got done walking with Deborah, the Bible says he didn't just win the war. It says he chased the enemy out. Like he was so on fire with the word of God that he literally fought the battle and then chased. That is the power of a woman's words. It's the power of God, but it's also the power of a female voice reminding those on the earth, you were created for this. I have, and you're literally creating and giving life and building up. There's so much anointing in it. And I get it. The world loves to criticize men. Look at, look at sitcoms. Look at movies. The guy is the, is the, the joke. He can't get it together. The woman is the empowered, clear, brilliant, educated person. And it's not that I don't think that either one fits at times, but I think it's really important that if we're gonna be people of God, we're gonna see everybody with value. We're not going to step on somebody else's failure to feel more important about ourselves. And what happens in the world, specifically in the church, is that when one person fails, whether it's more morally or you know financially or something, we, we tend to want to step on that failure to say, I knew it, let me tell you how great I am. And I think we, especially in the culture we're in right now, there's been a lot of news about leaders that have had some failures or some conflict. And I think we as the church, we either get to sit and criticize and condemn or we actually can connect people to the, to the story and we can actually look at them and say, when you lose, I lose. And when you win, I win. And there's nothing in it where if you lose, I win. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. Everybody, want we want everyone to make it. We want everybody to win. We want everybody to finish. And when anybody doesn't finish or somebody loses it or somebody stumbles, we don't rejoice. This isn't a competition. It's not a competition. Our goal is that everybody wins. Our community is critical. Our community is critical. And Deborah sees that. She doesn't say, well, Barack, you know, this has gotta be yours, Barack, and you know, this woman's gonna win. She's seeing community. She's like, we are, we we need to win. Like we need to fight. Like I don't mind if I have to call you and walk with you for five miles and I don't mind if at the end you chase them but a woman wins. Who cares? We want God to win. We wanna see his kingdom happen. And here's what we find in scripture that that was the moment they took ground like they had never taken. It was critical to the story of God and it was critical to us. Here's what I think. When we as women aren't fighting from a place of scarcity, but we're fighting from place of identity, all of a sudden we are not competing anymore. We are connecting. We are not competing about who gets the opportunity and who gets to do this and what about this. We don't compete with our spouse because they got an opportunity and you didn't or they got acknowledged and you didn't. When he wins, you win. When she wins, you win. That's how the kingdom of God works. Barack went from being a fearful, insecure man to being the man that he was called to be all along. He was lightning. You see, God put a special gift in us as women to nurture life. I don't know why. What I know is that it's very evident in scripture. Think about this. I'm gonna close with this thought. When Jesus was crucified, we just celebrated Easter, and he was resurrected, he came out of the grave on the third day. He was met by a human, and it was a woman. And I cannot dismiss the correlation of the new coming king being in the womb of a woman and the resurrected king being met by a woman as the safest place to land in the world. When you stop defending when I stop defending my right for influence or connection or community, and I start seeing that when I walk in a room, I have value, every room that I go into, I nurture life. I create life. I don't have to be a birth mother. I'm a woman. And because I'm a woman, I have an anointing to build and to see things that are in danger or jeopardized because of culture, because of narrative, because of maybe maybe being treated too harshly or being dismissed when I'm a, a godly woman that can go in and say, that deserves to live. That deserves to grow. That deserves to be built. That deserves to be elevated. When we get into that identity, now it's not husband and wife at each other it's not leader against staff member it's not boss against employee all of a sudden we're saying how can we win you as a woman, tell me what I'm missing. What am I missing that needs to grow and be nurtured? And if you see that there's a weakness, can you maybe walk five miles with me? And I'm not going to be intimidated by your prophetic gift or the strength that you carry or or the clarity, but I'm actually going to be humble enough to walk with a Deborah and to say, you know what? I need a Deborah in my life. I'm still going to go to battle. I'm still going to go to war. No one took your man card. No one says, well, you know, bro, give me your man card now. You know, I got to carry it for you. No, she He's like, you're gonna still battle. You're gonna still win. The, the battle belongs to the Lord. You're still gonna be who you're called to be. But I'm not going to dismiss the power of a female voice. I'm not gonna dismiss the power of a prophetess. I'm not gonna dismiss the power of a woman under an assignment. Yeah. And this, I believe, here at Bethel, I know I'm preaching a message that we here do really well. But I would love if we could, in our community, to consistent, as we already have, consistently value the differences. Rather than competing, we value, we see it, and we intentionally look for different perspectives. You're a man, I'd like to know what you think. You're a woman, I'd like to know. You're a teen, I'd like to know what you think. You are mature, you're retired, I'd like to know. We begin to, we like the diversity of the body of Christ. We like that not everybody has to sound alike, act alike, be alike. We look for the diversity of the voice of God and we listen. The battle belongs to the Lord. Whether you're walking in your Nikes or whether you're carrying a sword in the battle, the battle belongs to him. He who began it will end it. We just need only to contain and create the life he put within us. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just stand with me for just a minute. I just, first of all, if you guys don't mind, I just want to talk to the women for just a minute. All the girls look at me, women, for a minute. I just want to say to you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you are on the earth. I'm so glad that you have a womb that you can create and nurture life. And I wanna say to you that you don't need to be anything but what you are. And you don't have to fight to have impact, you have impact because you are a woman that has identity and authority in the atmospheres that you go into. And you don't need to be afraid that somehow God doesn't see you. He sees you, the sacrifice, the voice. And here's what I wanna say to us as women. Can we choose to bring clarity in confusion? Can we choose in our marriages to choose clarity over confusion, in our parenting, in our leadership, in our authority? Can we choose... to to choose connection over criticism. Can we as women choose to do that in our relationships, in our communities, in our parenting? Can we choose? We're not gonna be known for criticism. We're gonna be known for connection. And can we as women choose to find and create and establish and nurture community rather than competing against each other and the men in our life? If we can do that together, we can live a powerful story and we can see a lot of battles fought and won because we chose to stand in our right identity. Women, just lift your hands for just a minute as a sign of surrender. If you're next to a woman, you can just put your hand on her uh, shoulder for a minute. Lord, we thank you for every woman. I thank you, Lord, that, um, Lord, there's been a lot of things that have hit women in this generation, a lot of struggles and battles and things that have come at us to silence, to hurt us. But I ask right now that you would empower us to not come in our own strength and our own authority, but we would be anointed as women that were created on purpose to be here in this generation, to distribute and develop things that are in your heart, that we would be the safest place to land for our families, for our friends, for our community. Help us create places of refuge, safety, and connection. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. I want to just say one last thing. If you're a mom with littles, will you just lift up your hand? You have littles in your house or or you've just children in your home right now. Whether you're an aunt, whether you're a grandma, but you have children in your home, just wave at me for a minute. Okay, I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you that these are the leaders of the next church that they are the leaders, they are the apostles of the next church, that they are growing and establishing the men and the women of the next generation. And I ask God that you would anoint them for their assignment today. Lord, that right now they can feel burned out, tired. Maybe it feels like Groundhog Day. It's diapers changing, bath, bed, diapers changing, bath. maybe it's date night blur, date night blur, whatever it is. But I ask right now that you would remind them of the value that they had, that that Mary had value because she carried your presence all every day throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the years. She stewarded your presence and she was able to nurture the son of God. I thank you for that. Encourage them, strengthen them in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you loved not only this episode, but the whole series as much as we did. We thought it was perfect for the month of May. Women, you are nurturing powerhouses it's a yes and you can be both and we hope that this message encouraged you we hope that you had some favorite parts if you did have a favorite part of this episode today take a screenshot share it on social media tag us at truth to table make sure you share the episode with a friend and leave us a five-star review on your apple podcast app or spotify that helps the show get out to more people we hope that you have started to or are about to enjoy your summer we have some fun things coming up on the podcast next month in July. Havala is going to be sharing live. She will be recording some episodes for you and we cannot wait to share them with you over the summer. It's going to be a great summer and we hope to see you next month right here back on the podcast.